Who are the entrepreneurs that you admire most? I know I get inspired learning about women entrepreneurs because they have the most to teach. All entrepreneurs experience the highs and lows that come with building a company from our humble beginnings to the risks we take to the failures needed for growth. But women-led businesses are on a different level entirely, and they are creating major shifts in society. Omaha has an abundance of examples that we share today about what we can learn from women entrepreneurs. Well, of course, we wanted to do an episode about women entrepreneurs, and that's what today's podcast is about. And I think, I mean, what better way to talk about women entrepreneurs than with three men here together? That, that makes obviously. Obviously, <laughs> um, we're going to hear from some uh, amazing women, uh, incredible, empowering stories uh, that have uh, kind of set examples for me, and I know uh, Chris as well. Uh, uh, we're going to hear from that uh, on this topic on the podcast. I wanted to start by just, I guess, when you find that mentor, that that person that you think you see, and you're like, I want to be that person. You know, um, that's that's who comes to mind, or who comes to mind for me is is Gwen Aspen with uh, Anna Gwen. We started producing a podcast for her uh, and her husband Jeremy, and it was I knew Jeremy for years in Omaha, and just kind of by acquaintance and from radio days and stuff, but had never really had a conversation with Gwen, and. It was amazing because you instantly, when you, when you meet her, and I think this is uh, enigmatic of, of these types of leaders and people that you have in your life, you instantly want to be her best friend. Like that's everybody who tells me like, I want her, I want her to be my best friend. I want to hang around her all the time. She has got this energy, this, uh, this, this um, just authentic kind of, I'm just going to lay it all out on the line and laugh with you. And you want to, you feel like you're best friends, but at the same time, uh, you don't want to disappoint. You want to improve. You want to get better. And I credit, it was kind of a fluke. Maybe it was the universe kind of aligning things. But, you know, had I not had that kind of example at that point in my life, I don't know that I would have done anything. We would be sitting here today, you know. So it it really is cool to see um, influential mentors and leaders. Uh, Gwen was like that for me. I think we have this idea of our mentor has to be just like us or it has to fit this certain mold and they don't have to. I mean, I I find Gwen to be one of the most successful, uh, not just women, but just CEOs, period. I think they were the fourth highest or fastest growing company in Nebraska just recently. I mean, just incredible uh, what they've done with their company and that's, that's all on her. And so I think if anything, from our perspective, we can see and recognize, uh, appreciate and support um, some of the uh, just incredible accomplishments women are making and pushing things forward, not just for other women, but you know, for us as well and inspiring us along the way. In the United States, uh, about 20% of businesses that are launched are launched by women. Uh, so uh, there's still a great disparity between men and women launching businesses. And I would say over the last decade, that would hold true with uh, the business owners that, that we meet with. And uh, but the numbers the numbers changing quickly. I would say that over the last couple of years, we've seen probably thirty to thirty five percent of the calls that we're getting coming from women. So there's a things are changing, uh, and there's some incredible stories right here in our in our own backyard. Uh, in addition to to Gwen Aspen, uh, and it's incredible what she's accomplished, mm-hmm. uh, not just here in the in the Nebraska area, but uh, one of the 
one of the fastest, one of the 500 fastest growing companies in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Not just for a woman, for a woman, but for any business. Owner. I mean, it's a company too that keep in mind it started like six years ago, seven years ago, or, or maybe less. I mean, it's not like it's been around 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, about six years ago, uh, there was a woman in Omaha that that approached our company about launching a business. At the time, she was a physical therapist, or excuse me, a massage therapist for cancer patients. And she wanted to go in a little bit different direction. Uh, The massage therapy was taking a toll on her body. And she had an idea uh, about starting a quilting business. And admittedly, we just couldn't connect with that concept. Uh, But she, she was resilient. She just kept coming back to it. She couldn't forget the idea that she really believed that she could launch a company that was different than anything that currently existed in Omaha or the Midwest for that matter. Over the next uh, few years, she continued to come back to us. We listened, Uh, her idea started to develop a little bit more. And now you have Fabric Bash in Omaha, founded by Kathy Thayer and her son-in-law, Jacob. Uh, it's not uh, it's not for the faint of heart, uh, nor is nor is Kathy. She is a bundle of energy. She's one of the great untold stories in in the state of Nebraska. It's located in La Vista, and it's like uh, quilting for like like you'd see at Disney. They have gone well out of their way to give the customers an experience that they've never had before. But what gave Kathy an edge over not only her competition was her resiliency, her her willingness to not give up on that idea. And when we meet with uh, people that have ideas, they are mired in fear uh, that it won't work out, that uh, what if she disappoints the people around them, or uh, they're mired with the what ifs, uh, what if I don't get the funding, or how do I get the funding, how do I get the resources? And I, I looked at people like Kathy, Gwen, uh, Carol Sprunk. Christopher, right. you know Carol very well. Uh, she's another great story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Carol Carol Sprunk uh, founded Cloud Coffee, and uh, she's continuing to grow that business. She also uh, owns and publishes Edge and Dine magazines. And Carol, um, I've had the pleasure of sitting down and meeting with her and and uh, those meetings, the last meeting, you know, went much longer than anticipated, just because we were having such a good time. But one thing that that really um, that really struck me was her tenacity, and and I think I think that word, you know, the the tenacity or the tenaciousness of of a lot of um, the women that we have come across and that we've met in these positions, uh, that's something that they all share. And uh, you know, Carol. Uh, I, you know, I have to say, I, I don't think she'd be shy about saying that, you know, you can't tell her no, you can't tell her she can't do something. So, um, but she, she's somebody that, that I look up to and, and she impresses me quite a bit. I know. And I think, you know, it's easy uh, as guys, it's easy for us to not see things for maybe the way they really are and not see the see through other people's uh, through that different lens. I think I was in that place. I thought, oh, I'm this, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm for women's rights on this and that, you know, this is like 2018. And I got kind of a, a rude awakening. I remember one one day, we had just started doing mornings on uh, Sweet 98.5 and Nikki Oswald was my, my co-host. And, you know, we get in there to get up at like 
four in the morning to get there at work super early. And I went in, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Like, you know, I'm just kind of complaining and moaning, like, you know, and she just gave me this look, it, like just, you know, maybe shut up, but maybe using other words, you know? And she, she proceeds to tell me like her day, like as, as a mom, she's getting up at like, 2.30 in the morning, I think, to drive 45 minutes because she wants to live, she lives in this small town by her parents so they can have that uh, that kind of family, close family there. Drives 45 minutes with her kids, drops them off at the daycare, then drives her all the way to the station, does a whole morning show, works a full day, can't leave until 3.30 or so in the afternoon because obviously you got to pick the kids up at a certain time, picks them up, drives another 45 minutes back, and then all the other responsibilities and things she takes care of, uh, you know, with just normal, you know, home life for any of us. But I'm just like, how do you have the energy? And she had to take care of you at work. And she had to take care of me every morning <laughs> or at least put up with me. But yeah, I'm honestly, that was kind of a, I really felt, I was embarrassed, honestly. I mean, because I thought, well, I'm this evolved uh, perception. I can perceive things and and see things for how they are. I appreciate it, but the reality is, I really didn't see the whole picture. And even now, I would say, I mean, like, I we are constantly learning and evolving, evolving to to see the entire picture. And um, I, I think you have to keep growing like that. You have to open your eyes because it was pretty embarrassing to sit there and think I'm complaining about. Um, getting a full eight hours of sleep and you know, uh, you know, eating uh, eating uh, donuts in the morning and just sitting there at the desk complaining is like, you know, there's so many people who put in so much work we don't see, right. have so much talent that goes unappreciated, and so I hope I hope that you know through this and through the stories we're going to hear from successful women entrepreneurs, we can we can kind of see more of this. What would you guys say? Because I know you've seen a lot of examples like. What would you say, are there like common traits you see with with women entrepreneurs versus just entrepreneurs in general? Yeah, they don't quit. Uh, I'll go back to Kathy for a moment. She has eight kids, and it was very common to receive texts at five in the morning from her as she's taking her kids to swim practice. Then she would go into the office and start working on her dream. And just a few years later, here we are, and people from all 50 states have now come to Omaha, driven to Omaha, flew to Omaha, took a, a tour bus to Omaha, to visit what is now becoming a tourist destination in Omaha, Nebraska. There's no quit in people like Gwen and Carol and Kathy and so many of the other guests that we're gonna have. It's the common thread that binds all of them. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. You know, there, another couple that come to mind, uh, Angie Speck and her daughter, Cola Henderson. Um, Angie and Cola uh, founded Soul and & Swag and uh, they're a fantastic promotional company. And the first time that I met them, they were just starting their business, and and their their showroom was was in Angie's apartment, and you know she she had it all beautifully presented and, and set out, and and she very clearly described what it was that they did, and, and I was impressed then. But to see what they've accomplished now, <laughs> they have an entire their swag studio. They have this this big beautiful studio that they put together, and and it was an ambitious project, and but you say don't quit. There's no quit in those gals. So we talked a little bit about what we see that drives uh, women entrepreneurs, women to uh, to make their dream a reality. There are there are realities uh, though that maybe that hold people back, hold women back. You know, um, and we're going to share some some helpful resources for you here. We're going to have it at the end of uh, of the podcast here, so uh, stick with us for that. But what do you see as maybe? I don't know, they're like that imposter syndrome, uh, which I think happens to all successful people, but it's a different type of doubt uh, that you, you throw on yourself or maybe even shame or uh, you're told you fit in this, this position, this role, and you can't step out of it. And it, it is unfair. 
have you seen that um I, I guess hold people back that may otherwise they have the talent and everything else they just they've been i don't know kind of lied to about what their potential actually is rarely would a product or service or value proposition be inadequate when we're presented or pitched an idea almost always these are terrific ideas they're solving a problem in the community what stops them in their tracks is fear being told that they probably won't be successful uh, I, I think we forget how often so many of these women have been told uh, certain roles that they have in society and they couldn't be more wrong uh, what uh, we've had the privilege to work with a host of of women-led businesses in Omaha. And uh, it's been a real blessing to us as a company. Uh, we're inspired, not because necessarily they're women, because what they're doing is sensational, uh, both in their industry and for business. But as far as imposter syndrome goes, getting them to, to believe in themselves again, uh, surrounding them with people that will be there for them as a resource, and to help them recognize the wins that they've had along the way. All too often, so many of these people with these great ideas uh, forget what they've accomplished just getting to the idea, having a prototype, uh, bringing it to proof of concept. Maybe it's not an industry uh, standard yet. Maybe uh, you know they don't have a long list of clients, but they've got a proof of concept, and that's a, that's a huge win. I, I think also, um, you know, from a, lo a lot of the women that we've had the pleasure of working with, they've shared that they work within a community of women of support. Like they, they are parts of groups that are women led and, and women driven. And, and I think that they, they share that support for one another. And, and if I'm being honest, I don't know that that could be the same could be said for a group of men. You know, men are highly competitive. Not that women are not competitive. We we know that for sure. But I think women, um, from what I found, that they, they typically tend to lift each other yeah. a little more. It, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like men, it could be it can get negative or selfish. I guess maybe uh, is is a commonality. Not with everybody, of course. But I, I saw I saw and I can't remember. I wish I could remember whose post it was. But but I know it was is one of the ladies on this list. <laughs> And it said, uh, it said, I can't, or you can't compete with me because I want you to win also. Not that that was terrific. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think too, uh, as far as like what all of us can do, um, it's, it really takes a, a concerted effort to give people the opportunity to, I mean, I look at in, you know, Hollywood and show business that the, the embarrassingly low percentage of you know women directors given the opportunity, um, I saw this as well in the in the radio industry when I worked there for a long time. It was just kind of the same. It was almost like a this factory line of like the same manager would come off and then bloop, and it's like that's isn't that the same guy? Like like is that is that Tim? No, that's Todd. Oh, okay. Like I can tell. And I think it takes um, opening yourself up to hiring someone who isn't you or doesn't look like you it, it's okay in fact i have found when you make that effort uh, you get much better results i mean at the bottom line that the hard number is there but also just the culture how happy you are and how healthy your company is if you get different perspectives and you get different points of view and different 
personalities and different people, um, it, it's too easy to just say, no, I'm just gonna hire, I'm gonna hire 10 mats and then we'll be great. Like, well, nobody wants 10 mats, uh, of course, but yeah, I think I'll making that eight. effort. Eight. Yeah, eight, eight is tops, eight tops, <laughs> right? There's an old adage that we use around 316 uh, daily. If you wanna go fast, go it alone. If you wanna go far, go it together. And we see that a lot, especially with female entrepreneurs. We hosted a dinner a couple of months ago, and I, I won't soon forget uh, Elizabeth Pooley of the Square Donut in Omaha. She is a big, big thinker. Yeah, she is. And right next to her was Carol Sprunk. And uh, there's a lot that's going to happen in a room when you get those two talking. But what impressed me was Elizabeth brought her son along, who owns his own small business. He owns a detailing company. And it was important for her to bring him along to show him how business is conducted, to bring him along to a dinner like that to meet other entrepreneurs, uh, people that he could look up to. Uh, little did she know that the person that that he could look up to the most was was her. Uh, but it's a, it's a common theme that once they taste that success and they experience it for themselves, they're so encouraging of everyone, you can do this, I'll help you do it. And uh, certainly something we can learn in our own business lives and pass along to somebody else. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't stick with those assumptions just because you've been told, no, this is the way it is. Um, you know, there's so many examples of that in my life. I know in, in everybody's where you just kind of you you say, wait a minute, is I want to I want to I want to watch this. I want to learn from this person. I want to see how they're doing it, or I want to hear from them. And it's the opposite of what uh, oftentimes of what people have you know kind of told you your whole life of this is the way it has to be. And so, um, I mean, it's exciting too. We're going to hear from um, you know Tracy Hightower Henny and Susan Ref from Hightower Ref Law, a perfect example of uh, women entrepreneurs. Uh, being successful, not just with their law firm, but just in basically every every aspect right. of their lives um, uh, here. So so that's exciting uh, coming forward. But I, I did want to mention we do have some resources because one thing that uh, not a lot of people know about is there are there are resources, funding, grants you can get uh, specifically for women entrepreneurs. And that's probably the biggest struggle. I mean, John, have you seen that where I just, where do I get the money? I don't have any money to start to invest in my idea. Um, we've got those for you in the show notes, but I think that's a pretty common uh, interest as far as women entrepreneurs when they're just starting out. Even just getting set up, there are uh, different opportunities that are available. So. You take Google My Business. It's just a you know it's a social platform that Google allows you to set up for your business. They actually have a box that you check for women-led businesses, and most women don't have any idea that that box is even there. So there are simple resources that you can click that will help you be successful. But as far as funding and resources go, there are plenty of opportunities that are out there. They simply don't know as is often the case with any entrepreneur, they don't know that the resources are available specifically to help women-led businesses. And we'll put the, put the notes in the, or put the comments in the show notes and make sure that uh, we, we get, uh, get people in touch with the, the resources that they need to be successful. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. And if you like the episodes, please subscribe. Hit that follow button now if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, subscribe because 
With every subscriber, you help this podcast reach more entrepreneurs and business owners just like you, so we can all achieve those big, hairy, audacious goals together.